0: You're listening to the Optimize for Impact podcast. On today's episode, I'm sharing with you four simple mealtime tweaks that I've used to help me reduce in-between meal snacking and munching so that I can maintain a little bit of a leaner body composition without doing anything crazy or without going on a diet. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, keep on listening. Hi. I'm Joseph Olschlager, and what you're about to experience is a brand new approach toward optimizing your health, wellness, and fitness so that you can fully thrive in both business and in life. But get ready, because we're going against industry norms and we're saying no to hacks, shortcuts, fad diets, and tunnel vision on physique and appearance. And saying yes to simple, timeless principles of health and wellness to build a clear, powerful mind, a strong, capable body, and resilient vitality, so you can go get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, satisfying life. Welcome to the Optimized for Impact podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast. My name is Joseph, and thank you so much for tuning in. Today's episode, the topic of this one, has been one that has really, really, really helped me a lot in the last couple months. So I, little story time, in February, got a new job working from home. Now, little context for this. This was a pretty big change for me. Recently, I graduated from college. Yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. I know, big boy stuff. And during college, I worked a very physically demanding job. I was a roofer. I know. It's a pretty crazy job. I know. I worked with some very eclectic people in that job. But what I'm going with is I moved a lot. It was a very, very physically demanding intense job and especially during the summers during school i worked probably 30 hours a week 40 hours a week but during summer i was working like six seven days a week 10 12 hour days massive massive push and so that type of job roofing it's so physically demanding i could just shovel food into my mouth whenever i had a break and I would still come out of the summer season, like the busy season, I'd lose like 10, 15 pounds, legit, like every summer. Just from the sheer, I could not keep up with as much food, as, as many calories as I was expending with that job. But in February, I got a new job. working did I'm working digital marketing, it's, it's from home. And now I am not moving a fraction, all right? Like my physical activity has cut down so much that i needed i realized my body was still on like go 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 mode right like eat whatever you want uh as a roofer until now that i'm a work from home kind of desk guy um super nerds i needed to make a change um And so here's the thing. There are a couple unique things about working from home that are different. One, for me, it was a big change of just total physical activity, going from very demanding, all day on your feet, carrying around 80-pound bundles of shingles up and down roofs, all the stuffs, to sitting at a desk. The other change was I now had regular access to the refrigerator right outside my room, (laughs) right? Uh Uh-oh, that's not always great because... Boredom snacking, um, task avoidance snacking, stress snacking. Now I had access to all this food right outside and I wasn't moving as much. And so I was beginning to see the results of this energy balance change. Now, being the super smart nutrition expert that I am, you know, I sat down and realized okay, so. I'm starting to get a little bit more fluffy. I'm seeing my body composition uh, trend a little bit more toward a higher body fat percentage. Um, Clearly, I'm eating more food than I need. So let's figure out where I can make some switches to help avoid any extra uh, weight gain that I don't want or need right now. And so I started looking at what I was doing and I realized snacking was my biggest issue. I was doing a lot of snacking in between meals. Now here's the thing, snacking is not bad. There are people that are like, always eat a snack, a morning snack and an afternoon snack. There are some people who are like, never eat a snack. It's the worst thing in the world. Snacking, is it's just food, right? It's just food. But here's the thing, oftentimes, especially in Western culture, snack foods generally are greater, um, Uh, energy dense, right, they oftentimes have more calories, because usually, when we are snacking, we're reaching for foods that are a little bit tastier, right, and just have these higher caloric loads per snack, right. So again, snacks are not bad. But in America, in Western culture, generally speaking, as a massive generalization, snack foods do have higher calorie totals per food then do other things we eat like at mealtimes, right? Okay, so I realized, hey, I was snacking a lot. And this is probably a place to begin trying to reduce my overall caloric intake so I can maintain the body composition that I wanted to maintain. And so in my quest to do that, I want to share with you the four things that helped me and have helped me to this day, help actually reduce, reverse that weight gain that I was experiencing that I didn't really want. Um, It allowed me to lose a few pounds and has now allowed me to maintain that leaner body composition by, by reducing the hunger and the snacking that I feel or reducing the hunger and the desire to snack between meals. So these tweaks allowed me to reduce my hunger. I stayed more full for longer after meals. And so not only did I have to just like or not only did it like help me avoid snacking in general, but it actually made me less hungry, so less subconsciously more likely to want to snack. So, I want to share with these with you first uh or here in a second, but first I want to talk about from the perspective of this show why I talk about body composition. Now, I'll try to keep this real quick. Most of you know if you've listened to a few episodes that I am very passionate And if you haven't, you will know now, I am very passionate about using our health, wellness, and fitness for far more than just a lever to control how we look, our physique, and our appearance. These are not bad things, right? If you have physique and appearance goals, that's awesome. I do too, they're okay. But the thing is, is there are a million, billion influencers and health coaches out there who generally just talk about nutrition and movement to get a result in a appearance, physique, weight loss, how you look type of goal. Okay. And since there's millions and millions and millions of people out there constantly shouting about using your health, fitness and wellness to look a certain way, I want to always take, I want to provide a counter approach in this show, in my messaging. While I recognize that that's cool and that's awesome. If that's your thing and that's fine, I just want to be a voice who always provides a different perspective and one that I believe is more powerful. So in this show, we approach losing weight or body composition from the perspective of ability and function. So instead of just always talking about appearance and physique and how you look, we talk about how you can use it to increase your ability and function in three primary ways, okay? So body composition, how much body fat you hold, can decrease your ability and function, okay? So excess body fat can increase hormonal disruption, okay? So body fat is actually, fat Fat cells actually do increase and secrete hormones in our body. They are a metabolically active, hormonally active cell. So the more body fat we have, the more they can secrete certain hormones that can cause a disruption to our overall hormonal Balance. This can lead to a disruption in circadian rhythms, disruptions to other organs and hormonal axes and balances and homeostases that can lead to increased risk of life-altering conditions like diabetes, heart disease, etc. Okay? And so we're looking at the the fact that we might want to reduce a body fat percentage to avoid these higher risk of developing metabolic diseases that can lead to a degree decreased ability and function, okay? Uh, and when you have greater hormonal disruption and when you suffer from metabolic conditions like diabetes, heart disease, this can cause less energy, less vitality, and it can prevent you from really showing up as the 100% you, as the best version of yourself. And so on this show, since we are seeking to optimize our health so we can create massive impact out there in the world and live a life that is truly meaningful, one that is truly full of opportunities, experiences, and memories, then we want to put ourselves in the best health, metabolic health possible and reduce the disruptions that we would have from having excess body fat that could throw off some of those things, right? So that was my quick disclaimer. That's a perspective from which I primarily approach discussions and the topic of body composition or losing fat. It's not just about appearance and physique. It's so much more. It affects how we perform, how we show up, how we feel the personal power that we can have at every single moment of the day. And ultimately our physical ability, our mental capacity capabilities. Like we want to feel good and operate at our finest so we can perform at our finest. So we can go out there and really, really, Live a life that is rad, right? Go do rad shit. That's like one of my like, simplest goals in life, right? Have the health, wellness, and fitness to be able to go out there and do rad shit and create massive impact. And I hope that you are the same. So with that perspective, this is why we are approaching body composition and why I'm giving you four simple mealtime tweaks that you can use to feel more full for longer after meals and cut down the likelihood that you want to snack and eat the munchies that may lead to weight gain or prevent you from maintaining the body composition that you would like. Okay, so let's get into this, shall we? The steps. Number one, the first thing that I did after I realized, okay, I need to feel more full so that I don't snack as much between meals was I began to eat more protein at each meal. So, what that looked like was at every single meal, I identified at least one serving of food that was a high protein source. Okay, without going into too much of the chemistry or nerding out too much on the science, protein is a macronutrient, it's a type of one of the macronutrients, carbs, fats, proteins, and protein slows your digestion. So as you eat protein, your body, as it's starting to like pull it apart in the stomach, senses that there's protein in the food. And it actually, that protein triggers uh, different chemicals, different pathways that slow your digestion because protein takes time to break down both in your stomach and in your intestine. So naturally, your body's like, okay, whoa, 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 there's protein here, let's trigger, let's basically tell our digestive system to slow down so we have the time we need to break the protein apart and digest it, and that slowdown moves food slow, more slowly through your digestive system, thereby allowing you to feel more full for longer really, really cool, um, like side effect, I guess of eating protein. So what I did knowing that, knowing that that is a, like a a hormonal and actual physical trigger in your body to slow down your food and make you feel more full. I just made sure that with every meal I had one serving one to two, sometimes two, but like at least one serving of a high protein food. Boom. Number two, I begin to eat more veggies and whole fruit at meals. Okay. This is one of those things that everybody knows you should eat your vegetables, right? If there's one thing you learned from your mother growing up was like, you got to finish your veggies before you leave, right? At least I don't know if that was the way it was for you, but that's the way it was for us. Vegetables are very similar to protein. They also allow you to... They slow down your digestion, and they actually provide more of a different stimulus to your body. While protein is a trigger to slow down digestion, vegetables provide size, like bulk, okay? They've got a ton of fiber, um, and the fiber is something that, like, provides mass. Since the fiber does not necessarily break down, right? Uh, fiber is not always digestible. Some types are, but some aren't the fiber alone though, is like, think of it as like this massive block. And when your body senses that there's, oh my gosh, there's this big block in our digestive tract that as it moves through makes your body think, okay, we have plenty of food in there. We don't need to feel hungry. We don't need to start the hunger signals because we have this big block of food sitting in our intestine. Now, sometimes it turns out, though, that block in the case of vegetables is just a bunch of indigestible fiber. It's not providing calories, but it makes your body think that you've got all this food in there. And so why should it be hungry if you have all this food in there? Okay, so it's like the reverse psychology on your body, okay, you can play your body by eating vegetables. Similar with whole fruit, right? It has it's a more complex carb, it has more fiber, and that generally, slows down your hunger signals because it provides bulk and size in your intestine and then the complex carb which is a i mean is a very nuanced discussion but essentially since it breaks down more slowly than simple carbs complex carbs also allow for much more gradual release of energy and so your body can use that and feel like because it is getting energy for a longer period of time then if you just pound some sugar it's instantly absorbed and then your body like stores it away and then is like, oh shoot, like we don't have anything else in the intestine, we need more food. Okay? So vegetables, whole fruits, provide size and again slow down or prolong the period of time before your body senses that it needs more food and makes you feel hungry. Okay, so eating more protein and eating more veggies. So really quick before I move on, What I did with veggies was I just found vegetables that I liked something. (laughs) Here's a life hack is I started eating a lot of cabbage. Cabbage is um, like pretty tasteless, right? It just provides a great source of fiber and a bunch of vitamins and minerals. So I started adding like sauteed cabbage to a lot of my dishes. And I know that sounds weird and that probably sounds like some crazy nutrition kid thing to do, but it doesn't taste like anything. When you cook it, it's pretty soft. Like it doesn't have a, you know, chewy texture. And it just provided a little bit more fiber and a ton more vitamins and minerals into my food. So it helped, again, provide this bulk in my intestine that made my body think it had more food in there than it did. And so it didn't trigger as much hunger signals, essentially. Like it prolonged the amount of time that I would go without getting hungry. And so I just find these vegetables I liked, they weren't intrusive to my diet, and I add them into meals. Um, you'll probably see me share on social media some of the ways I did that with breakfast um, that I'm kind of infamous for in my family. Okay, so that's protein, veggies, whole fruits. Find ways to work more of those into your meals. The third one, I always try to eat a serving of carbohydrates at meals. Now, this is a big discussion and one that I don't want to really go down the rabbit hole on, but I'm sure, I am sure that by now you have heard at least 10 different opinions out there about carbohydrates. Are they bad? Are they good? Are they the ultimate evil? Are they the ultimate good? Do you need them? Do you not? Etc. Cetera, et cetera, okay? Let me just say without, like maybe this is a podcast for another day, all about carbs, right? All things carbs. But for now, I'm just gonna say this. Your body loves carbs and it burns them very well for energy. Carbohydrates are the fastest energy source and your brain especially, especially can use carbohydrate for energy. Now, for those of us who are entrepreneurs, who are thought leaders, who rely on our brains to make us money, maintaining a good source of fuel for your brain can be very important. It can allow you to perform at your best mentally not to mention physically. So in a workout, right, people who eat carbohydrates always, always do better than people who don't when it comes to physical exercise, okay? That's all I'm gonna say. So here's here's what I will say. I eat a serving of carbs at each meal because a serving of carbs powers my brain, powers my body, and it prevents low blood sugar cravings that happen if you don't eat carbs. And so unless you're like massively keto adapted, when you don't eat carbohydrates, your blood sugar begins to drop because as your body and as your brain uses the sugars that are floating around in your blood and those come from the foods you eat, as that lowers, your body begins to panic a little bit if you don't eat carbohydrates to replenish it. You may begin to feel... a little bit like wobbly, a little bit dizzy. But most of all, you will most likely have a strong craving for carbohydrates. It's not necessarily this conscious craving, but you're going to feel hungry and you're going to be in the kitchen, in the pantry, rummaging around for just carbs. And when you wake up in one of these moments, one of these foraging moments, and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm just looking for carbs. it might be because you're experiencing low blood sugar, especially if you did not eat carbohydrates in a while. So a life hack here is eat a serving of carbs with each meal. That allows you to better balance and maintain a good blood sugar because if you go into a blood sugar crash, it's very easy to go on a foraging rampage looking for carbs and a lot of carbs uh, or a lot of snacks that we talked about earlier may tend to be more calorically dense, less quality of food, right? Not as whole food-esque. And those can get you in trouble, especially if you're craving them and you find them and you pound the whole box of Oreos. It's It's a little bit harder to stop when you're in that blood sugar craving. So eat a serving of carbs at meals. Avoid the carb cravings that happen if you don't eat carbs and thank me later, okay? Okay, so eat some protein with the meal. Try to work some more veggies and fruits into your meals and then eat a serving of carbs. The final tweak is simply drink a glass of water with each meal. Now, there are a lot of different ways this can help you feel more full for longer. But the most simple one, the one that I chose to look for or work, or the, the reason that I chose to drink water with meals was the fact that when we are when we are at a um, when we are slightly dehydrated. Sometimes we register dehydration as hunger. The urges can be very similar. Your body only has so many ways to sense to you, to your conscious brain, that you need something. And so many times it's very easy to misconfuse or misconstrue a hunger signal versus a hydration craving. And so simply by drinking a glass of water with each meal, I eat three meals a day, that gives me three glasses of water and that just allows me to stay better hydrated. And so hopefully I can avoid a dehydration craving, my body telling me I need water and then me misthinking of it or misrecognizing that cue as hunger and then going out and getting a snack that I don't need simply because my body was just trying to tell me, yo bro, you need to drink some water, right? Be a hydro homie. And so that's simply it. Drink a glass of water with each meal and that will better allow you to stay more hydrated and avoid the potential dehydration confusion for a snack okay so those are the four things that I chose to do that really helped me lose a few pounds after I was getting a little fluffy starting my work from home career and uh, and has allowed me to this point now a couple months later maintain a leader body composition just doing these four things and so, one more time. Number one, eat more protein at meals. Number two, try to work some more veggies or whole fruits into your meals. Number three, make sure you eat some carbs. Don't skip the carbs. Get at least a serving of carbs in at your during each meal. And then number four is just simply drink a glass of water. Okay, so many times you'll hear me say this, Knowledge is great. I just dropped some knowledge on you. But knowledge alone doesn't provide results. The secret, the actual secret in nutrition, exercise, health, all of it, is implementation. That is a secret. Everyone else talks about knowledge, 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 knowledge. But the real secret is what do you do with the knowledge that you get? Because only when you take action on knowledge do you get results. Action drives results. Okay, so here we go. Here's how you implement this, because I never want to leave you with just knowledge. I always want to give you a clear way that you can actually take the knowledge, take action on it, and begin to get results that last. So here we go. Here we go. Here's your homework. Here's your exercise. It's four parts. Number one, choose one of the things we just talked about. A core tenet of behavior change is to not do too many things at once. If you do that, you overwhelm yourself. It's too much of an effort expenditure, and you end up falling away. You can't maintain behavior change, or it's very hard to maintain behavior change if you try to do a bunch of things at once. So my challenge to you is choose one of those topics we talked about, more protein, more veggies and whole fruits, a serving of carbs, or drinking a glass of water with your meals, choose one of those that you want to do. Once you have that written down, okay, I encourage you to write this down on a piece of paper, write down the one that you want to begin to do. Now, step number two is to make it as simple and as actionable as possible. So here's what I mean, instead of being like, okay, I'm going to, um, for example, the protein one, okay, I'm gonna eat a serving of protein with every single meal Um, from here on out, and I'm never going to miss a meal. Okay, that's a little extreme, but I'm trying to make a point. What I would tell you to do is if, if you don't really have a system, like if you don't regularly eat a lot of protein, then what I would tell you to do is just focus on one meal. Okay, because every meal might be a little overwhelming, it might make you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm failing. I didn't eat protein at lunch, and I don't have any dinner. Oh, I'm so bad at this, right? Don't avoid that. That failure is an easy stimulus to throw it all away and ditch any type of behavior change. You want to feel successful. The feeling of success generates and leads to more action. Failure discourages action. The feeling of success encourages action. So we want to make sure it's as simple as action as possible so that we can feel successful. So our brain latches onto it and goes, yes, let's keep acting. Okay. So keep it simple. What I would suggest in that case is just pick one meal, just one meal and one protein and be like, okay, Here's a protein I like, let's say it's Greek yogurt, um, and I'm gonna eat it at three breakfasts this week. Boom, that's simple, it's actionable, and you're taking action. Three breakfasts a week, that's like one carton of Greek yogurt. Next time at the store, I'll buy a carton of Greek yogurt, and now I'm adding in a good protein source at breakfast, and that is a win. You don't have to do it all at once. I've had years of eating a lot of protein to be able to figure out how to work it into most meals. If that's not you, great make it simple. Okay. Step number three is write out a clear plan. This is so crucial. Make it so clear. So for example, going back to the Greek yogurt at breakfast, instead of being like, um, I'll just eat protein at breakfast. Okay. That's not very clear. That gives you nothing to really latch onto in your brain as a clear action plan. So what I would say is, okay, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I am going to eat one cup of Greek yogurt with breakfast. That's so specific, right? I have the specific behavior, that's Greek yogurt, at a specific time, at breakfast, and if I can, I can add a specific location. Like, when I sit down at the table for breakfast on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I will eat one cup of Greek yogurt with breakfast. That is such a clear action plan. Your brain will be much more likely both consciously and subconsciously to take action on it and make you successful. Studies have shown this. The clearer your action plan, the more likely you are to actually do it. And then step number four is do it. Test it, see how it goes, take notes. If it works, awesome. If it didn't work, change it. Try something else. Try a different one of the actions or change the protein food, right? To use that example. Test and alter. So your feedback is choose one action. Make that action as simple as possible. Write out the clear plan and then test it and alter it as you go. All right, that's it for today. Hopefully, if you do these things like me, you'll find out that, man, after you add some of these in, you feel more full for longer after your meals and you are less likely to be raiding the pantry or running to 7-Eleven to buy that munchie and you can maintain a leaner body composition that you'd like in a much more easy, simple way without doing anything crazy, without doing any crazy hacks, diets, all the things, right? These are just very, very simple behind the scenes hacks or tweaks you can make to your meals to get the results that you want. All right, this was super helpful for me. I hope it's helpful for you and I will see you in the next episode. All right, take care.